Williams, uh, excited to present to you another recording of our live show. Uh, Story Slam is a true storytelling show based in the city of Bristol in the UK. We host monthly shows in the beautiful Wardrobe Theatre in Old Market and today we have a recording from our November show when our theme was Instant Regret. If you are a new listener, welcome, really hope you enjoy. If you're an old listener, I'd love to have you back. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, or even better, recommend us to your friends. I was lucky enough to be hosting the show in November, so I'll hand back to past me to explain the show and hear some stories. Enjoy, everyone. Hello, everyone. Oh, is this on? No. I'm quite loud, anyway. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Story Slam. Woo! So lovely to see you all. Um, those of you, what we're going to do is first thing first, you're going to do a single clap. You've been in Story Slam before, okay? One, two, three. Oh, uh, Single clap if you've never been here before. One, two, three. Okay, yeah. I think in a rare occasion, those of you who've been here before outnumber people who haven't been here before. So, yay. But I'm so glad you came back. Um, so welcome to Story Slam. My name is James. I'm going to be your host for today. And Story Slam is a place where you get to hear, hear people's true stories told live on stage. So all the stories you're going to hear today are going to be true. I'm going to come from you guys in the audience and maybe a couple from me as well. Uh, there are two different types of stories you can tell on our stage. You can either tell a story here on stage that is live and true, um, and, or you can tell an anonymous story. You can write those in one of these little white slips. Some of you have already written and put into this hat. They, have a, they have, have a prompt on them, and the prompt is write a true short story on a theme of instant regret. This person has, has, has written Once, my dad asked me to check why the vacuum cleaner wasn't working. I went to the plug socket and could see the plastic on the back wasn't there, and one of the three metal pins was sticking out. Happily, realizing I could fix it, I instinctively pushed on the back with my thumb, electrocuting myself. The hair on my neck still stands up whenever I think about it. (laughs) You're still getting like residual electric shock from before. Um, Thank you for that person. Round of applause. That is uh, a one line, that is a short story that you might hear in your anonymous. And as the prompt says, today our theme is instant regrets. Um, so, instant regret is horrible. I was trying to think about what instant regret is. What is the, what is the, the, uh, the ideal? What is the, the quintessential instant regret? And I realised what it was. When you're a child and you think you've run up to your mum, but it's a different person. That is like one of the most visceral types of instant regret I've ever experienced. When I thought I was like following someone and it's a stranger, suddenly your whole life just like crumbles around you. What's real? What is it? How can I tell? Uh, I was thinking, 
I don't actually have a story of my own for instant regret today until I was walking back home after seeing a really distressing movie with my partner and I was like, oh no, I definitely do. I've definitely got loads of instant regret stories. Uh, but it could be anything. It could be things that uh, somebody wish you hadn't said, somebody wish you hadn't done, uh, anything like that. Uh, we welcome stories about that kind of thing today. Also, regret can also mean, regret can be, can be remorseful. Regret can be sorrowful. Regret can mean mourning. So anything like that. I know, cheerful today. Uh, any of those kind of stories, you're welcome to share it on stage with us today. Um, we have some things happening today. First of all, we also have an international listenership to that with us today because we record a podcast. Should we say hello to them? Hello! <laughs> um, this mic here, so if you are on stage, this is the one picking up your voice. Uh, if you want to appear on the podcast, you can make a little tick on your, uh, one, on your name, name slip. Um, by default, you will not appear on the podcast. We want to make sure that, um, by default, any story telling tell here stays in this room. But if you would like to be on the podcast, you can put a tick on the name ticket. Other things, we have rules. Uh, some of the rules, one of the rules is no props and no notes, which is never very helpful because I can never remember them very well. Uh, they've got to be true. We'll hear stories about you that are true. Uh, we hear fantasy and fictional time. We want to hear actually about you guys in the audience. Stories have to be about you. So normally, not like your friend of friend of friend or something. We want to be like you, you're a main character, normally in first person. And what are the other rules? No notes. That's never helpful. <laughs> uh, we also, they got to be five minutes long. So if you are on stage, you will hear a musical accompaniment if you get to your five minutes. And that means you have a one minute grace period just starting. We have our beautiful calendar here. You'll hear a musical accompaniment when it is uh, time, you've got one minute grace period. Something like that. <laughs> I, I'm great, I'm great at the calendar. <laughs> and then if you get past your one minute grace period, um, you'll hear a more insistent and more frantic noise. <laughs> that means, oh, it's been great. We love having you on stage. But it is time to relinquish the stage to somebody else, no matter how well you are doing. And then that means you have a sentence or so to finish up your story. Uh, we have a photographer here today, Diego. Uh, Diego will be taking beautiful photographs of storytellers and also you guys. If you would prefer your photo wasn't taken, let me or Diego know. Uh, and if he's already taken a picture of you, then they let them know and they can delete it, remove it, whatever you'd like. Uh, lots of stories we hear on Storytime stage are funny. They are often hilarious, heartwarming, but also they're, they're always true. And life isn't always funny, and isn't always hilarious, and isn't always nice. And we want this to be a space where you can hear not nice, uncomfortable stories that you want to tell. Uh, so in order to make sure the space is still comfortable, we have a method you can write content warnings on the back of your slip. So things that you might put as a content warning, maybe your story contains something like suicide, self-harm, death, sexual assault, blood, that kind of thing. Anything you think someone might want to know about before the story, you can put it on the back of this slip. And then if you hear a one like, if you hear a content warning that you think, do you know what, we'd rather not hear that story today, you can simply remove yourself from the room for the duration of the story. That is completely fine. Um, also, you'll get in trouble if there's something in your story that's distressing you don't put it on the back of the slip. Just do the best you can. We're all trying to do the best, best we can. Make sense? Grand. We've all got some names in the hat, so thank you so much for everyone to put their name in. I don't think I've forgotten anything. 
so I think maybe, should we start with a story of my own? Is that, do I hear a story? Okay. Um, so yeah, just like I say, I was walking back home last night with my partner, I was watching the movies, and, we were, and it was like a tragic movie, and we were like in an emotional state. And I was thinking, I don't think I even have a story for tomorrow. And then I was like, oh no, <laughs> I definitely do. Um, so, I want to tell it to you guys today. Does anyone remember the movie Daddy Daycare? Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a big response. <laughs> oh, was not. Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Um, that was like, what, in the early 2000s? And the, the main joke of Daddy Daycare was um, men doing childcare. <laughs> that was the main joke. I was like, can you imagine? <laughs> men running a daycare? What a, and uh, so I was watching this terrible movie. And, um, uh, one of the jokes in it um, that for some reason stuck with me was Eddie Murphy. Um, Eddie Murphy, like one of the, he makes this funny noise. It was like or something. And one of the children's like one of the children was like do it again, do it again. He's like no, no, no. You'll give Daddy an aneurysm. And for some reason that I thought was hilarious. So I was like I'm taking that. Use that as a joke myself. And about this time, what early two thousand, I was like fifteen or something. And I was living with my father, and that what that means that my life was. Hell. Uh, it, my, my home life was hugely dysfunctional. Um, we had no money. Uh, but we were being helped by uh, a couple, a friend of friends of his, called Harry and Sarah. And Harry and Sarah were lovely. Had no business being friends with my dad, but they were. Um, and we go around there. We go around their house. They live in Clevedon, not too far away from here. We go around their house. They're the ruins, by the way. I haven't changed them. Oh, we fine. <laughs> Go around their house, um, hang out with them, hang out with Sarah's daughter, B, she was very lovely. Um, and they'd give us what my, what my dad called Red Cross parcels, basically bundles of food and medicine and that kind of stuff that we take home with us. Uh, and actually, they did but even further than that, they got my dad a job in Clevedon. He became the secretary of the Clevedon Triangle Club, uh, a private members club which no longer exists. Um, but uh, I played, so I, I ended up going to work with my dad a lot because I played true a lot, I, I skipped school a lot. I went with my dad to work, spent my days playing pool in the Travel Members Club, and also unicycling in the um, Morrison's car park. Uh, <laughs> so, like, two different worlds, really. I was always, I was always, I, I don't know why, my dad would always give me a fiver in the morning to go get breakfast in the cafe, and so I'd go with my unicycle <laughs> to the cafe, and I'd get a latte, and I'd get myself a paper, and I'd sit, and I'd read my paper, and I'd drink my latte. And I never realised why the people in the shop gave me weird looks all the time. And I was like, what's your problem? It's only as an adult that I realised that seeing a child do this is quite unusual. Because <laughs> you're like, shouldn't you be in school? <laughs> I was like, no, it's fine. Um, and we hung out with Harry and Sarah a lot. Um, and they're very lovely to us. Um, uh, we had a bunch of court cases we had to go to, court cases my dad had to go to. Um, and, and Sarah and her daughter B would accompany him and would look after me when he was in court. Um, I've still got somewhere in like a box of trinkets of things that I love. I've got pictures of me and B in like a in a in a photo booth. Uh, and then something out of the blue happened: is that uh, Harry died. So Sarah's husband Harry died and died quite suddenly. Um, and I wasn't privy to exactly how he died. Um, and so we were sort of helping Sarah and B through this. Um, and uh, we were helping them clear out the house. It, Harry was an old friend of my dad's. That was, it was a big blow to the whole friend group. 
And my dad was already chronically feared of death. He was even more now feared of death. And um, so I was helping Sarah clean out her house. So I was a young man, like, charged with lifting boxes and carrying boxes elsewhere. My dad was there and Sarah was there. And uh, it was, like, heavy, these boxes. And, um, and I was making them, I was carrying them. I thought, I thought of a joke. I was like, and I said it. I, I, I joke I remember from Daddy Daycare. Um, I said, something along the lines of, oh, give us up an aneurysm. <laughs> and my dad, and suddenly it turned like a, like a sharp, like, gym at me from my dad. I looked up and my dad was looking at me with, like, just, like, shock and horror. And, like, Sarah had, like, tears in her eyes. And I realised what I'd just done. Is that inadvertently, I made a joke about the very way that how he had died in front of his widow. And it was just, I, I, I didn't, I, 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 the, I, even remembering it is hard to like process like the amount of feelings you feel in that moment because I tried to, I, I instantly tried to explain, I was like, I'm so sorry, but you're trying to, you're trying to, to apologise at the same time. And I just crumpled into tears, really. Um, and I think Sarah realising that I hadn't, I hadn't meant to upset or I hadn't meant this, they came over and gave me a hug and we all cried together. But I, it was just like some instant regret. Um, this story doesn't really have a happy ending because Harry and Sarah were, were non-monogamous, they were swingers. And um, so Sarah had people that she could rely on for intimacy and comfort afterwards. And my dad being an absolute child and, 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 and awful man he is, hated this. And so actually, very soon afterwards, we weren't friends with Sarah anymore. And I never saw them again. Um, yeah, I miss them. They were a nice family. Nice story. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to my story. I can't believe, as soon as I realised it last night, I was like, oh yeah, that's definitely a regret. That's like one of the most visceral things I've ever felt in my life. Um, so, that's the example of a story. Doesn't have to be as sad as that. <laughs> Um, you can have about whatever you like as long as it's about instant regrets. So, uh, how about we have our first story tonight from the audience? Sound good? Great. Right. Then, drum roll, please. My story is going to be Jim. There are no point that wanted to Jim's story, so we're we'll inviting to stage right now. Come on down. Big round of applause for Jim, please. actually happen in real life. And there's a subset of these that work their way into the news that, that are called Florida Man Stories. And what they are, there's um, sort of a, a, a consistent structure to them. They involve um, an element of violence and an element of comedy and an overall feeling, uh, a sense that it makes no sense. There's no logic to them at all. That's really the, the key point is there's no sense to this. And um, uh, when you see them in the news, 
they're always reported with the first two words being Florida man. So, for example, the last time I was in Florida, there were two Florida man stories going, making the rounds. One was a Florida man goes fishing and finds a hand grenade and takes it to the drive-through at Taco Bell. <laughs> and the other one was Florida man says Jesus told him to drive his Ferrari off the end of the pier. Oh. So, uh, yeah, that, uh, you know what, you, you can find these websites that collect these Florida Man stories, and the, the first time you see them in collection, um, each more outlandish than the last, you'd be forgiven for just saying, that's fake, that's not real, I don't believe it, until it happens to you. That's <laughs> what my story's about. <laughs> So, uh, a few years ago, I had a business trip to Florida. I went to West Palm Beach, Florida, which is, some of you may have heard this week, that's where Donald Trump lived. So it's like, you take regular Florida and then go turn it up a level, <laughs> West Palm Beach. And uh, I had a business trip, and uh, I arrived on Saturday so I could have Sunday free, all to myself. And uh, uh, the Sunday weather turned perfect. This was in January, so you know, leaving the cold grimness of the UK, Florida, perfect, blue sky, warm sun, everything in bloom. There's no, no, no debate, I have to spend the day outside. And so I, my big decision for the day is, I'm gonna go see a cricket match. Uh, this is something, since I started playing a little bit of village cricket, I've, I've kind of taken on this quest when I go to America, I wanna see if I can find cricket in America. And it's, it takes a little bit of work. It's, it's there, but it's, it's not, it's a, it's a fringe, or it's not, it's not well known. Um, uh, but it's there, if you find it. And so, uh, I make my way out to this park. They don't, there's no permanent cricket grounds. They just play cricket matches in a park. And so I go to this beautiful park on this beautiful day, and I find the cricket ground. The, the, they've laid out the pitch, and I walk up to the edge, and I see the teams arriving, and they're kind of piling out of their vans, and they're getting onto the pitch. And um, It's funny, I can't make out what they're saying. It's, um, uh, uh, it's a foreign language, and uh, but I, I, I played enough cricket. I kind of know what's going on. You know, the little pre-game banter. They're just warming up and doing whatever. And um, I, for some reason, I just thought, Sri Lankan. I bet they're Sri Lankan. And uh, you know, so I'm sitting there having these private thoughts. I see another guy. Otherwise, this park is kind of empty. Um, just along the boundary, just like me, and I walk over and strike up a conversation. I mean, it's such a lovely day, everything's perfect, and I have a little chat with the guy, and you know, so I, say the, I say exactly that, lovely day for a cricket match. Yeah, yeah, great. And uh, starts in about 20 minutes, yeah, great. Um, and then I said, uh, by the way, do you, do you know what language they're speaking? And that was my moment of instant regret, uh, because Everything after that moment speeded up, really, <laughs> a lot. And it's like, like uh, that thing about getting shocked in the, in the ball socket. Yeah. Uh, when I said, um, do you know what language they're speaking? He turned to me, he turned to me and got, I thought his face was gonna explode and he got really loud and said, what's wrong with you, man? They're speaking English. <laughs> And he immediately took five steps to just get away from me. And um, I just stood there, and I was stunned. You know, I just, and I listened, and uh, yeah, yeah, they're speaking English. <laughs> and uh, 
I, I, I'm stunned. I don't know how this could happen. And I look at him, and he's still fuming. He looks at me and goes, that Trinidadian! And I just, uh, whew, and, you know, I could tell he's marked me out as a racist. In fact, uh, you know, by this point, everybody in the park thinks I'm a racist. In fact, by this point, I'm pretty sure I'm a racist. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, <laughs> it, it finally clicks. This, this situation makes no sense. Uh, my action made no sense. His reaction makes no This is a Florida man story coming together right in front of me. And I, I could see the headline forming in, you know, it said something like, Florida man assaults a tourist with a cricket bat <laughs> shout, while shouting, what language am I speaking now? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I slowly but purposefully retreated and, and made my way out of the park and got away without incident. But um, that, that uh, moment of instant regret made me a convert. You know, I, I used to be skeptical about Florida man stories, but no more. They are, they are true. <laughs>
Layla King. Playground, 
And um, yeah, and, I, and, and moments later, or at least um, that's what it felt like, I was um, encircled by a group of the cool, popular ten-year-olds. <laughs> Imagine Lord of the Flies. <laughs> These were the girls that played Spice Girls at lunchtime. Sporty Spice, Scary Spice, and Cindy. And they were circling my little butch ass and I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't think this would happen. I genuinely didn't think Cameron was gonna take my instruction that fucking literally. What the fuck is wrong with you, Cameron? He didn't even open it and look at what I'd drawn. We were supposed to be friends. So anyway, these little 10 year old girls are like circling me. It's getting kind of scary. I'm, you know, I'm trying to look tough and stand by my drawing. I stand by that piece of art. That is what you look like to me, Sydney. You don't want to date me? No, no. It's negging's not working. No. And then anyway, anyway, um, I was scared shitless. I was scared shitless. I had that feeling in my stomach, you know, of like, what have I done? This is actually my fault as well, <laughs> which makes it even worse. And what they all told me, which is so weird, it's such a surreal memory, right? They were like, you're a lesbian. <laughs> I didn't know what lesbian meant, but they were right. <laughs> and how, how the fuck, how did they know? <laughs> Everyone, that's how people still try and make women love them. We heard that earlier today, didn't we? Anyway, uh, so that's my instant regret. What I will share with you um, is that I need to wrap things up anyway. Um, the saving grace of that situation, I guess, or not so much, just a reflection to share with you, which I find funny, is that me and my gang of seven-year-old friends, I'm gonna name them for you, Helen Byrne, Cameron Jameson, Layla King, Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> We're all gay. We knew when we were seven. Maybe that's funny. Anyway, bye. Mum was like, she likes you. Oh. And it's just like, what? I didn't feel like it. 
what I've got. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's awful, isn't it? It's awful that, like, as kids, we are told that, like, being mean to someone, we, we get taught, we get taught this, we get taught that being mean to someone, that, like, nagging them, like, that is, like, a sign of affection. We're literally teaching kids that, like, abusive patterns are actually love. Don't do that. Let's not do that anymore. Um, thank you so much for your story. Refreshments from the bar, go to the bathroom, etc. Um, if you would like to put your name in the hat, uh, you can put, uh, you can write your names on these yellow slips. If you want to put them, uh, one, uh, anonymous story. There are pens out down here, got white slips everywhere. Put them in the other hats, and we'll see you for more stories in ten minutes' time. Hello there, future James, just popping in for the interval. I hope you're able to find some time in your day today to give yourself a bit of a break or maybe grab yourself a cup of tea or a snack or whatever the equivalent is in your part of the world. Uh, while waiting for everyone to grab a drink, put more names in the hat, I want to quickly thank our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash story slam. We really appreciate the support. Our in-person shows will always be affordable and our podcasts will always be free. But if you'd like to support the show, then you can become a patron today. We have lots of goals we'd love to achieve, including potentially live streaming the shows. Uh, so if you want to help towards those goals, have a visit that URL today. Today, I'd like to give a special thanks to our sound and lighting person, Ash. Uh, the theatre is always being used by different shows and different productions, and it's a complicated and challenging environment to light and also to organise sound in sometimes. And this month was particularly tricky, but our sound and lighting person, Ash, did a fantastic job. So thank you so much for all your amazing work. Uh, we'd also like to remind everyone that you have the option to submit your own anonymous short stories to us for possible inclusion on a future episode. You can do this by submitting your story on our website at storyslam.co.uk forward slash submit. I would want to acknowledge that we have had a couple of stories be sent in. However, they are a little bit too long to be included on the podcast. So if you are going to submit a story, um, a couple of paragraphs at most. Imagine that you're trying to fit it onto a small slip of paper at our theatre. So thank you so much for those uh, submissions. But yeah, sadly, a little bit too long to include on the podcast. Otherwise, uh, that's it. Looks like the show is about to restart. Hope you've enjoyed your short break. I'm now going to hand back to past me to introduce the second half. Enjoy, everyone. Yay! Hey, how are you doing? Do you have a good interval? Uh, yeah, we've got a drink. Oh, the drinker's not very happy today. The drinker's like, yeah. Yeah, I got a drink. Thank you so much to all the extra names you have in the hat, all the extra stories. We have loads. Thank you, everyone, for putting them in. The person's got beautiful handwriting. Write a true short story on a theme of instant regret. When I was eight, I read out something called a coffee enema in my mum's woman's magazine. What's an enema? I asked my mum. A grown-up thing, she said. Later on, playing a game in brownies, the game was that you needed to think of a word beginning with the last letter of the previous word in a rapid, free, a rapid fire around the circle. <laughs> circle to me, and I think of a word beginning with E. Very proud of the new grown-up word I learned, I proudly said enema. 
<laughs> All the adults stopped and looked at me instantly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. I feel like you should be very proud of that. That's a good, in a word. It's an advanced word. And you brought it out in like an educational setting. <laughs> that seems great to me. One time I was playing Monopoly with my dad, and I was quite young, must have been like early teens, and I came out with the word levy. That was like, you're not allowed to look in dictionary. I was like, no, I, I know that word. It was, but I was like, you don't. <laughs> anyway. instant regret. Felt generous one year and thought I'd give a hand with Christmas at the parents. So I was given cake slash dessert. So I had to make a large Christmas cake and around three large desserts. Spent a whole day baking away like old Mary Berry. <laughs> uh, the day comes, we've enjoyed our Christmas dinner and everyone looks forward to dessert. We're all sat at the table uh, waiting on the dessert until some some odd face impressions, and my mother screams, "Ah! <laughs> the twat used salt and not vinegar. Wait, <laughs> salt and not vinegar. <laughs> the regret: a day of baking wasted. No dessert on Christmas Day. Oh. Oh, I'm so sorry for your desserts. That must be horrifying. I I am." Um, I've never told this story before. Whatever. It's just the most. It's just the most. You know, like after a night, and like you, you decided to host like the after party, and there's like drinks everywhere and people sleeping everywhere, and then you you pick up a glass of water thinking it's water and you drink it and you realize it's vodka. It's that kind of feeling, right? Like, but suddenly, just your whole structure of your life just feels untenable. It's like you were expecting one thing, you got another. I think that's saying if you like expect sugar, you get salt. So I'm so so, so sorry to hear about your your ruined day of of baking. Write a true short story on the theme of instant regret. I was trying to impress a guy at a foam party. <laughs> Went a bit... Isn't the whole idea of foam parties you can't really see each other? Or I guess you're like covered in foam. So you're doing something, like you're a foam monster, trying to do something. Went a bit too wild with the dance moves. I slipped over and banged my head. And he just walked off in awkwardness. <laughs> well, you fucking want him anyway, unchivalrous, unchivalrous man. Offered, offer the person your hands. Oh no, a time for me to show my gallantry. Nope, walk off awkwardly. Be a man. One time my partner and I were having drinks abroad with new friends. They asked me how we ended up together, and I spent three to four minutes explaining how we met whilst travelling and fell in love. God, I don't know from the audience. <laughs> At the end of the story, I said for the first time ever, oh, well, it's a better story than meeting on Tinder. <laughs> and then I asked them how they met their partners. <laughs> and of course, they all met on Tinder. <laughs> Instant regret, especially if I didn't even, I didn't even mean it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll do one more, then we'll get on to some stories. Write a true short story on the theme of instant regrets. On the way to a family holiday in Italy, our airline managed to send our luggage to Spain instead. <laughs> that 
Spain is quite different. <laughs> Italy and Spain like wild different parts of the Mediterranean. After waiting over two hours in baggage claim without any seating, I decided to sit on the edge of a stationary luggage belt. <laughs> this is the start of a Pixar movie. This is how like this is this is this is home, this is home alone. You get like packaged up in, in cellophane and like like a little sticker to Madagascar gets put up on you. Off you get sent. That's what we're I'm imagining. I was reading reality. Thirty seconds later, the bell suddenly started moving, catching my shorts <laughs> and ripping them down the back. <laughs> Meaning I had to spend the next two days with my underwear peeking and my short out of my shorts while I waited for our luggage to arrive. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have any clothes. <laughs> <laughs> The gods are just fucking with you. I feel that a lot. I studied, uh, I studied ancient, ancient history at university because I wanted to be poor my entire life. And, um, <laughs> and so we read a lot of classics, read a lot of like, Odyssey and Homer and that kind of stuff. And it's just story, story after story of the gods just fucking with you. Like, poor Oedipus just getting fucked with by the gods. Odysseus just getting messed with by Athena and Zeus and Poseidon constantly. And I feel like, do you know what? I kind of believe that, because that makes a lot of sense. I feel like maybe that the best, like, <laughs> the best, like, theistic view is we're all being fucked constantly. Anyway, my philosophy. Drum roll, please. Our next storyteller is going to be Helen. Woo! Uh, Helen's right here. Round of applause for Helen. Accommodation and the university originally planned to knock it down, change their mind that summer because there was nowhere else to house us. So we didn't have a bar, they shut that down, there was no like communal space. So we just had to make our own fun and we used to have like midnight picnics and we always in like shopping trolleys being chased by foxes. There was just a lot of strange things going on in this like suburb of Leicester. Um, and so we always we started playing like tricks on each other. So it began with these um, toy spiders. We always kind of put them in each other's cereal and things like that. And then it escalated to a toy rat. And then as the years went by, it just kind of like the stakes just went up and up and up. So um, by third year, it was like getting quite serious. And, um, and so it was Halloween. And I think it was a Friday. So we planned this like brilliant Halloween party. We had all these decorations ready. And then um, one of my housemates and I, Ruth, we went to into town got some Halloween decorations, and then decided to stop at Starbucks. And whilst we were there, there was this like, massive rainstorm, and, oh, I don't want to go home yet. So I had a second coffee. She had a second strawberry and cream like frappe. So I'm high on like caffeine, she's high on sugar, and we decided that it'd be a brilliant idea to play some tricks on our housemates by calling them. So we start with Luke, and I think I made the call, and, and uh, she's like, there egging me on, and I think I, I, he didn't pick up the phone, so I left a voicemail. And it was something like, Anson's here, your nipple tassels are ready, come and pick them up whenever you can. Um, and, then, um, and then we were like, oh yeah, let's, let's phone Kay, let's phone Kay, yeah, that would be brilliant. So, um, so again, she doesn't pick up, it goes to voicemail, and I'm looking at Ruth, like, what do I do, what do I do? She's just like, shrugging. And um, I decided I should like, hold my nose, 
Um, and in my head, I'm thinking, like, that's going to sound ridiculous. She's totally going to know that it's a prank call. So um, everyone at university had the same doctors who was on campus. So I was like, oh, no, I'm just calling from OB Health Centre. Um, unfortunately, we've got your test results, and it's not good news. Um, so <laughs> at the time, I'm aware, like, you know, I, I'm not going to say anything really serious because I don't want her to actually think that she's really unwell. So I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, like, pick something that just humans don't get, or it's like really rare, like she's not going to believe it at all. So I'm like, yeah, I'm really sorry to say, you've got foot mouth disease. <laughs> and bear in mind, like, we're in our 30s now, we kind of like, you know, grew up in like the 90s and the early noughties, there's a lot of stuff going on, but I just thought, you humans don't get it, it'll be fine. Um, and then I thought, maybe, maybe it's not believable enough, maybe I need to make it a little bit more believable, but still, so you actually, she'll figure it out. So I'm like, yeah, it's quite rare, but it can happen to people that have grown up in the countryside. So anyway, I'm like, yeah, just give us a call whenever we can, bye, and put it down. And Ruth's there like, oh, that was rubbish, you're never going to believe that. Anyway, so yeah, the rain, the rain stops and we go back home. And on the way, we're like joking with each other, like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we got home? And you know, the house is like surrounded by that tape, like, do not enter, <laughs> caution. And everyone's there in hazmat suits. And, and she's like, oh, yeah, it'd be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so we walk in, and there's always like Halloween decorations already up. And uh, we see one of our other housemates, Becky, on the stairs. She's like, guys, we're going to have to cancel the party. <laughs> we're going to have to cancel the party. And we're like, yeah, 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 Becky, yeah, is it because of the case? Yeah, yeah, it's really bad news, she's got for now. <laughs> and Ruth and I are like, you're really good, Becky, like, but no, no, seriously, like, it's a joke, you're like, you, she knows, right, she knows it's a joke, she's going, was it you? Was, was that, oh, you need to go and see her right now, and, and like, so we're walking upstairs, and like, Ruth and I look at each other like, she, she's, she's joking, like, thinking that they're playing trick on us, like, definitely. So, um, and then on the way up the stairs, we saw Dwayne, Becky's boyfriend, and he'd overheard the conversation with Becky, and he was just there, literally being so right? <laughs> 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 he doesn't even say a word. And then we get into Kate's, be Kate's bedroom, and, um, and she's there, like, at her desk, um, and we can't see her at first, and she's, like, Googling on her laptop, <laughs> and, um, and we just hear this, like, deep breath. And, and then slowly, as we come into the room, she like, turns her chair around. And she was dressed as Cleopatra. <laughs> <laughs> and she had like, all this eye makeup on, but she'd been crying. Oh. And so that eye makeup had like, dripped onto like, her shoulder pads. Um, oh, so bad. And then for some reason, I don't know why, for some reason we ended up like, sat on the floor. Like, we now like, sat on the floor, like, just like, looking up at her and going, so, so sorry. <laughs> What do you mean? What do you mean? And I look at the screen, and it's like the Wikipedia page for like the <laughs> And uh, she's like, I've been phoning the doctors, we're gonna pick her up this Friday afternoon. And, and we're just there, like, oh god, god, like, who's gonna tell her? And, um, and the worst thing was, she wasn't, she wasn't even angry, she was, she was just disappointed. <laughs> squeezing your nose and like makes it feel different. No, it's never gonna work. But you, so many things must have come, in some ways it was brilliant. In some ways, I've never heard a prank call go so well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that was the goal. 
the goal was to trick her. <laughs> and it'd be funny, but turns out tricking was really sad. <laughs> um, I love also how you, you saw that end of the floor. The way I, way I imagine this is like your animal brain kicked in, and you're like, I've got to like shoot my belly. I've got to like let the floor and be like, I'm so sorry. I can totally see, I can totally imagine being like, I'm so sorry. Like, your body just like crumbles to the ground in like shame. <laughs> Um, and I was just imagining oh, her beautiful, like, Cleopatra makeup all this down her face. <laughs> um, so I'm glad it came clean, and I'm presuming you'd have your party. Uh, and well done on a successful prank. <laughs> um, round of applause. <laughs> so, so many things had to go right. Like, she would have had to have been adopted beforehand, all that kind of stuff. Anyway. Right, a true short story on the theme of instant regret. I was on holiday with my parents. This one night, we went for a walk on the beach. Imagine, it's dark, only moonlight. During the walk, I spotted what I thought was a sea urchin shell. So I obviously picked this up. Uh, is this just the word, hmm? <laughs> it was quite squidgy. So that the sea urchin shell was actually a poop, wrapped up in hair. <laughs> Sad face. Wait, that says poop. <laughs> Wrapped up in. That's not hair? <laughs> you don't have to out yourself. <laughs> no one has to out yourself. But that is awful. Um, and yeah, I mean, you were quite confident it was an urchin, like a moment before. Are you like a botanist? Wait, no, not botanist. You're like a marine biologist. Even in the dark, you're like, I know what an urchin is. That then is an urchin, and I am so confident this that I can pick up the urchin. And then, like, wow, well, that was fucking awful. Um, thank you for the online story. I hope you're now okay. Once upon a time, I was um, I was uh, camping with my partner at the time and their family, and <laughs> family. Oh, now I say it out loud, actually. Um, and then family, and basically me and this person want to have sex on the beach. So we decided to go out late at night to have sex on the beach because we didn't want to do it in the daytime, so we're doing things and we want to be sneaky. So we like snuck out and went to the beach, and the beach was very dark and very cold because it is England uh, and it's night time. And so we went and had some most uncomfortable sex I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and then uh, I, then we look back up the cliff. Uh, and silhouetted against the sky was a person looking down on us. I know, it's fucking terrifying, isn't it? We were terrified. Um, but I was like, no, we've got to, got to. But you know when like, you and someone else are both scared? Someone has to be brave, you know? Like, something, something, someone, one of you has to do something. So I was like, I'm a boy. <laughs> I've got to do something. So I just yelled up at this person, who are you? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> And they didn't move. They continued to stand, so still, and stare at us. So we were like, what are we going to do? Run into the sea? We've got to go up there. So we started walking up there. And as we walked up there, we realised it was just sort of sunny. <laughs> <laughs> just some, saying, like, don't, don't, I don't know, don't drop missile or something. It was just like, what's not happening? Somehow, just like in our brains, it had become like a murderer. 
I once had a one-night stand with a guy, quite attractive one for the for, for, for the for the don't know, and we joked about not knowing anything about each other, and I said, it's probably fine, as long as you're not a Tory. <laughs> He was a Tory! <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, you never quite, you never know. They, they're, they're among us. They look like, uh, look, liberals. Like, without hearing them speak. The moment when you hear the plop as you pull up your trousers, and remember that your phone's in your back pocket. Uh, okay, cool. I wasn't sure where I was going. Uh, that's, oh no. <laughs> One more, I'm not going to tell her. Love these. My mum once cut her hand quite badly and needed stitches. That night, I woke up and heard her crying. So I went to her room. That was the day seven year old me learned that a woman's sex moans can sound like crying. Oh, <laughs> oh you sweet little thing. You're like, mum's cut her hand, she's crying, and Lucy, she's okay. That's good, that's good instincts. But just, bad execution. <laughs> you sweet little thing, all right. I once went up into the attic when I had a bit of a dodgy tummy. you know they didn't really respect your data and they weren't too great with their employees but they were willing to just you know spend loads of cash on trying to get graduates and they'd do these events at our uni um, 
where they'd have like pub quizzes or they'd do like um, uh, like wine and cheese nights and stuff. I found these really interesting and like really intriguing. I'd go to them because they had an open bar. So I'd just bring my friends and it would be like, great, we can just drink on this company's money. You know? Which was, um, yeah, we didn't really partake. Um, one of the events that they did um, was they had a comedian come. Um, I don't know if you guys know Alan Davies. He's like, um, <laughs> yeah, he does the rounds on British telly. Pretty funny guy. Um, and he had a, yeah, he had a set, and it was kind of like a, um, it, was, it was a marketplace. It was kind of like a, like almost like a church, but not a church. Um, but you can imagine like two uh, rows and like an aisle in the middle. And he was kind of, you know, he was doing his set, and like, before the thing started, you know, a few of us and my friends, like, we got quite, you know, had a few drinks, make the most of this open bar. Um, and we were sitting kind of near the front, and it was like towards the aisle of it. Um, already wasn't getting great, because I was getting quite drunk, and I kind of needed to go to the loo. And instead of being a regular person and deciding to be discreet and going down the side aisle, I kind of like stumbled down the middle and I was thinking, oh, no one can see me. Obviously, you can just see someone just get up and walk off in the middle of his set, which doesn't look great. I just wanted to go to the loo. And he kind of like made a joke of it in, the, um, in his set. Uh, not a great start. Afterwards, like, it was a really good set. And, you know, afterwards, I'm down and I'm like going to the loo and reading the weed, but, you know, there's a queue for your, your eyeballs at the men's toilets. And I'm just kind of like standing there, just a little bit drunk. And I kind of just like gaze around and I look who's like, there's like a queue of people at your rivals here. And it's Alan Davies, like standing there, like having a piss. And I was like, oh. <laughs> um, and I'm just like, the first thought that pops in my mind is like, no, I thought I'd see Alan Davies taking a piss. And it's like, <laughs> really random thought. Except it wasn't a thought, <laughs> it just came straight out of my mouth. <laughs> like, I don't know why I thought that, because it's not like I'd ever thought, oh, maybe one day I'll see Alan Davies. <laughs> really awkward in the toilet. It was just complete silence. He kind of just looked at, back at me and just kind of awkwardly laughed and then like, you know, went off and then I went to the Orion and was just like, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry guys. Um, yeah, instantly felt regret there. And then walked out the toilet and my friend, who was equally as drunk as me, if not more, goes straight up to him like, oh, can I have a picture please? Um, he's supposed to be staying like, for an hour after this um, event to be just like, you know, chatting to people or whatever. Um, and he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll take a picture. And then I'm coming up the loo as well. She's like, oh, my friend will take the picture for me. <laughs> Not a good sign. <laughs> so she's, yeah, she's posing with the picture with him and he, she just like puts her middle finger off and like sticks her tongue out. And he's just like, oh, what's going on here? Um, so yeah, obviously not a great, Great night for Alan Davies, I'm sorry. Um, he left immediately after picture. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> if you're watching this, on the very low chance that you are Alan Davies. I'm Paul Doyle. Yeah, I guess just Paul Alan Davies. He's probably fine. It's probably fine. I feel like I remember a time. Oh, first of all, uh, that sounds all, all sounds really awkward. Lots of oofs in there. Um, and but, but what was was like surprising to me was like 
how much you were like treated by these companies, like who were like looking for graduates. You had like free drinks and like relatively big celebrities. So I was like, wow, I didn't get this. Age history, not just a fuck. <laughs> so I imagine that's a burn on a company's dime. Um, I, yeah, it's like some, you know, like when you're younger and you see a, a famous person, you're like, I must interact with them. I must, I don't know why. You're so and so. They're like, mm hmm. I, I remember I was, um, I, I was high as fuck at the time, to be fair. Um, I was like in Lakota here in Bristol, and there was one of my favorite dubstep producers, Benga, in the bathroom to the urinals. And I was like, hey, how's it going? He was like, yeah, good. <laughs> okay, that wasn't the best time. <laughs> Uh, the first time I realised you could hurt an adult's feelings, oh, you realise you have power <laughs> as a child. Looking through old photo albums, I told my mum, oh, you used to be really pretty. <laughs> and she said, and now? I said, hmm, <laughs> not so much. She cried. Kids can be cruel. I think because kids, kids, kids are joyous, aren't they? And kids are like happy and do all that stuff. But also, they don't know like the rules of polite society. So they kind of haven't realised you can't just say that. Because they have such capacity for cruel, cruelty because they don't quite understand what the boundaries are. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> I hope she's okay now. I'm sure she is. Um, our last storyteller of the evening. Oh. So, a big drum roll, please. Our next storyteller. It's going to be Kelsey! Woo! There are no problems with Kelsey's story, so, welcome to the stage! Here we go. Deal with it. 
So a year later, I'm at my current school, um, and we are, I've got a class of uh, what we would now call like lower prior attainers. If I wanted to be a bit more disparaging, we'd use the old words of bottom set, which they're lovely kids. They've got reading ages of about seven, and I gave them an extract from Dracula. And kind of, again, glossed over it, I thought, great, this will be really good for looking at the structure thing that we're looking at. They're going to nail this, amazing. But I'm reading it, and I just realised, I was like, oh, I've picked a really erotic part. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's too late now, we've got a two-hour lesson, I've just got to commit. <laughs> it's a Monday, I'm tired. This only happened like a month ago. And I'm in front of them, and there's this one boy who does not have that lower reading age, and... He's looking at me, <laughs> and I'm reading, and uh, the extract, I can't remember it word for word, obviously, um, but there's a female vampire um, who's about to bite Jonathan Harker, the, I think that's his name, narrator, um, and she stops and licks her lips, and this boy in front of me is just like... <laughs> so obviously I'm walking away. <laughs> I carry on, and then Dracula bursts in and says, when I've had my way with him, then you can have him. So this boy again is looking at me like... <laughs> and he's starting to laugh, and I'm going... And other people going, miss, miss, why is he laughing? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so again, immediate regret, because I've got to spend two hours on that extract. The next week, you think I would have done, like, done my due diligence and remembered my class. So I find this extract that the whole department were teaching, and I'm like, oh great, this one is about a girls' school and a teacher, and it, there's nothing wrong with this. Again. <laughs> so I'm standing there, and he's going to be, miss, is this going to be another rude one? I, like, I have never given you a rude story, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> New Dracula, it's a classic. <laughs> so then we're reading through, and I always have to read it to them because of their lower reading ages. And towards the end, the teacher kind of exclaims, <clears throat> She goes, Who opened that window? Don't you know that six inches is perfectly adequate? <laughs> <laughs> Anything more is vulgar. <laughs> so again. <laughs> Boy at the front, he leans <laughs> And I just had to kind of look at him and go, I know. <laughs> but then a few of the girls had got it, they were like, <laughs> Did she say six inches is adequate? <laughs> so you've got two ways of doing this. You're like, do I be the fun, hip, cool teacher who like laughs with them? Or do I try not to do that? So I was like, yeah, that's what she said. Well done. Maybe we could highlight it and we can dig into the language. <laughs> <laughs> this was really hard. Oh, look at that. Now I'm getting an insight to me in front of my class. <laughs> so then we're looking at. The question was about like how is the teacher, what is the teacher's attitude towards her pupils or something. So unfortunately that line was really relevant because the kids are like, uh, the teacher doesn't think her students are smart. I'm like, yeah, why do you think that? Because she thinks they can't open a window enough. Yep. Give me the exact quotation, please. 
Six inches is perfectly adequate. <laughs> oh, I need to start planning my lessons. <laughs> so, I mean, so I've got them tomorrow. Um, we'll see. I haven't planned it yet. <laughs> we'll see. This sounds like an absolute nightmare teaching kids that age. Because they just have like some knowledge of like innuendo and double entendre and stuff. And they just have like and also just just like just <laughs> just trying to find just trying to find I just remember being a kid and I was just cruel and I was just trying to find any little thing that I could like talk about or something to teach it, like get the teacher on. Like, fair play, round of applause for being a teacher. It's very fantastic. And like anyone ever done, if I got a deadline, I did it the night before. I totally emphasize. I can imagine if I was a teacher, I'd do exactly the same thing. Um, I didn't realise Dracula was so raunchy. I can't read that book. <laughs> Um, we've got a few short stories left. One day, me and my dad walked to a shop and we bought two gingerbread men. And it sounds like something from your, from your classes. <laughs> and a jam donut. A gingerbread man for me and my brother, and a jam donut was for my dad. We got home, and me being me, I dug straight into the gingerbread man. And soon after, the jam, do soon after the jam donut was included in my feast. I thought to myself, I have a great dad. He bought me a gingerbread man and a donut. <laughs> it was only later, when we were all sat down and watching TV, my dad said, I've had my donut. I have a tea now. <laughs> I still feel guilt and regret to this very day. Oh, you are a nice, you are a nice person. Because I, <laughs> I can totally imagine, like, the joy of a gingerbread man and a donut. <laughs> you know, just like, I do have a great dad. And then it's like realising you've taken something from someone that they were really looking forward to. Oh, I can imagine. But the fact that you still regret it now, I'm sure you should, you should mention it to him. I have some things in my life that I regret or cringe at. And honestly, the best thing I've done is tell the person that the thing that I'm cringing about and they laugh about it. And I'm like, oh, actually, maybe it was okay. I was at a party once and I, uh, oh, you're going to hear about it. Um, I was at a party once and um, I, I got control of the, of the music. And I was like, oh, great, I put on a tune. And I just like picked the tune that was like the worst tune I could have picked. Like tempo-wise, vibe-wise, it just didn't fit at all. And someone who I really liked and really respected for their musical talents and DJing walked out of the room. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. It was only years later I told them. They were like, oh, I don't even remember. It was fine. And I was like, oh, actually, no, it's okay. <laughs> tell the people, tell them about it. It's probably fine. Or if it's not, uh, oopsie. <laughs> <laughs> Instantly regretted using my dad's phone to Google something. Oh. However, what came up was almost endearing. He just Googled boobs. <laughs> <laughs> that is precious. That's precious. I remember typing in, I remember typing in boobs. I was like 13. <laughs> They just, just disembodied. <laughs> Not doing anything. Just existing. Our last anonymous short story of the, of the afternoon. I had a great first date with a guy called Hugo. We started heading back to his on the bus. 
I text my friend Hannah saying, going back to his. No sex times though, lol. <laughs> his phone promptly buzzed. <laughs> and he said, uh, did you mean to say that to me? <laughs> we ended up getting horrifically drunk to deal with the cringe. It did not progress to a second date. <laughs> Uh, we have a big round of applause for all our storytellers today. Anonymous, Anonymous Dave. Thank you so much. We are very lucky that so many of you funny, talented, interesting people are willing to come on, up on stage and share stories from your lives. They are always fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, we are here every month. In fact, next month is our last event of the year, which is really exciting. We always have an end of year special. Uh, there will be a buffet. There will be presents for every member of the audience. There will be other goodies, confetti, all the things. So get your tickets now. Uh, you can go onto our website, newlybeenrevamp.storyslam.co.uk. I know, URL's great. <laughs> um, we also have podcasts. You should search Storyslam Bristol on all, on all good podcast apps to get, um, if you were on the podcast, if, if you did take your name on the box, you'll hear yourself on the podcast. Um, otherwise, on also Instagram, you might see your beautiful face up on our Instagram. And follow us on Facebook, maybe. Oh, my Facebook's dying. So like Instagram, Instagram and, and, and our website. Um, but otherwise, uh, that's everything. Uh, big round of applause for all the lovely helpers today and for yourselves. Until next time, uh, we'll see you in December. See ya. And there we have it. What a wonderful collection of stories that we had in November. Thank you again to all our storytellers and thank you to you at home for tuning in. It was really funny. I have been cracking up listening back to the recording and was cracking up on the day as well. So funny. Uh, don't know what we expected from the theme Incident Regrets, but everyone just had amazing stories to tell. Really enjoyed it. You can find more information about us on our website at storyslam.co.uk and all the other links everything i've mentioned today will be in the podcast description so have a look there if you're interested in following us on social media becoming a patron or submitting a story for our next podcast but until next time thank you so much for joining us it's been a pleasure and we'll see you all again next month bye everyone